The reading is from Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to you for me, or given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of his mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Thank you, Sarah. Good morning. Good to be together again as part of the body of Christ, especially as we spend some time talking about that today. And God bless you for setting aside this time and making it a priority uh, in your day today. Uh, Perhaps you're familiar with the movie Groundhog Day. Anybody seen the movie Groundhog Day? It's okay to admit it. It's okay. Um, Bill Murray plays a self-absorbed weatherman covering the annual Groundhog Day event. Well... As, a, as this character, he feels that this, is a, this assignment is beneath him. He believes that he's been made to, for greater things than this, and not only does he lament uh, his assignment, but it all, almost seems to raise questions and, and doubts within his mind about his purpose in life. And as if things are not already bad enough for him, when he wakes up the next morning, he finds that it is Groundhog Day all over again. Somehow he has become trapped in this time loop of living the same miserable day over and over again. His quandary, how do I escape this daily ritual of meaningless living? In our text for today, We find that the Apostle Paul has just taken great delight in proclaiming to the Gentiles in Ephesus and beyond that God's great plan of salvation not only included the Jews, but also included them as Gentiles. Paul says through the cross, Jesus has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile, that in Christ, you too, referring to the Gentiles, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by His Spirit. Well, the Apostle Paul is so overwhelmed by God's grace on their behalf and his privilege to proclaim this message to them that Paul has in mind 
a heartfelt prayer on his behalf, on their behalf. And just as Paul is accustomed to doing as he leads into a prayer, we see him in, in chapter 3, verse 1, leading into this prayer by saying, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and then there is this literary pause. If you take a look at this text in your own, in your own Bibles, you'll find a, a, a hyphen there. It seems that for the Apostle Paul, the words prisoner, for the sake of you Gentiles, has given Paul reason to ponder for a moment. He takes a, a time to consider the extent to which his own current circumstances, his imprisonment, might be resulting in disheartenment in the hearts and in the minds of the Gentile believers. This is evidenced by what Paul uh, writes before he returns to this prayer. He writes, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Now, you certainly have to appreciate Paul's sensitivity and concern for the Gentile believers. You see, at this point in his life, as, as Pastor Scott shared a little bit last week, Paul had already been imprisoned for at least two years. And the outcome of his imprisonment not only looked grim, it looked dire. Well, this began to raise big questions and even bigger doubts. How would Paul's imprisonment and possible forthcoming death, how might this impact the churches that were begun under Paul's ministry? What would this do to those who had come to faith as a result of his proclamation of the gospel? And perhaps most importantly of all, what would become of Paul's specific ministry to the Gentiles? So perhaps we can also appreciate why Paul sets aside his prayer for the moment. And for the next 12 verses, Paul addresses this rising concern in the hearts and minds of his Gentile believers. And in so doing, the Apostle Paul provides two perspectives, sharing with his Gentile believers two, two things that not only gave him confidence and hope in the midst of discouraging circumstances, but in essence were the purpose and the meaning of his life. What is more, not only can we appreciate what these two perspectives must have meant for the Ephesian Christians, but we can also begin to consider what a blessing these same two perspectives are for you and me, especially as we are confronted with discouraging and challenging moments in our lives. The, per the first perspective that the Apostle Paul sets forth is this. Paul knew that he was part of something bigger, especially when it came to God's plan. Paul calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Notice, not a prisoner of Caesar, although on paper that's exactly what it was. No, not a prisoner of Rome, not a prisoner of those who trumped up these charges that resulted in Paul's being arrested, but Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Understand, by this term, Paul understands that it did not matter what he had been going through. 
It did not matter what his current circumstances were. It did not matter how dire things may look down the road. Having been captivated by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul understood that no matter what, God was still in control. And this is certainly the message that Paul communicated elsewhere in his letter to the Romans when he writes, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Paul knew that he was part of something much bigger than this. Furthermore, Paul refers to his life as being on behalf of you Gentiles. Paul never tired of talking about what Jesus had done for him and what great joy the Apostle Paul found in being able to communicate that message to Gentiles. And from Christ's own example, Paul had come to realize and learn that the purpose and the meaning in life comes not from living for yourself, which is exactly what Paul was doing before he came to Christ. No, but in living for others, in sacrificing yourself for the sake of others. It's no wonder that Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What is more, Paul saw himself as a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. You know, sometimes in our lives, even as Christians, especially in the work of the church, our pride has a way of rising up and not only seeks to be recognized, but demands to be recognized. We want people to know some of the things that we've done for God. I mean, come on, isn't it great what I'm doing up here for God today? I mean, somebody please come up here, pat me on the back and tell everyone else here what a great job I'm doing for God. Amen? Don't you dare say amen. But you know, in our sinful pride, we have a way of wanting others to know what we're doing in our walk with the Lord. The Apostle Paul never, ever behaved this way. Paul spoke over and over again of how his life, of how his ministry to the Gentiles was not his gift to God, but God's gift to him. And how blessed he felt himself to be, to be able to share the message of Christ with those who did not know it. Most notably in all of this, we see Paul's humility. He doesn't just refer to himself as the least of all the Lord's people, but as less than the least of all of God's people. Understand, this is not false humility. Paul knew that he was in no way deserving of God's mercy. He was as much in need of God's grace as anyone else. And that is why Paul, having experienced God's grace, never tired of proclaiming that message through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says to young Timothy, who was the pastor at Ephesus, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 
knowing that he was part of something much bigger than himself, is what made all the difference in the world for the Apostle Paul. And not only does he speak of his being part of a bigger picture, but the Apostle Paul also goes on to share a second perspective, namely that the church, in other words, all of God's people, are also part of something bigger. As the mystery of the gospel was being revealed to all of the world, to both Jew and Gentile, that God's grace was for all, God was accomplishing something that just boggles the mind. Paul writes, God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friends, think about it. It is an amazing thing that spiritually dead people like you and me are not only raised to new life, but by God's Spirit, our lives are transformed in such a way that we can make a difference in the lives of others. It is an equally amazing thing That former enemies, and in Paul's day, it was Jew and Gentile, former enemies, not only come together to be friends, but truly to become family, one in Christ in what we today refer to as the church. This is how, through the church, through you and me, this is how God has chosen to reveal His wisdom, His mercy, His grace to the world around us. Through the church, God shows that His purposes are being fulfilled and they are moving towards the eternal climax and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God has chosen to display His wisdom in all its dimensions through, of all things, the church. You and me. It boggles the mind. And because Paul saw both his life as well as the life of the church as part of something much bigger than what we perhaps perceive at times, that is what enabled Paul then to close out this portion of Scripture when he wrote, in Christ Jesus and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. You see, understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ, understanding the role of the gospel in our lives, and understanding the role of the gospel through our lives, that is what gives us confidence and hope even in the midst of difficult times, that is what gives us purpose and meaning regardless of whatever we may be facing in life. In late spring 1940, Hitler had the Allied forces cornered on the northern shore of France and was getting ready to invade Britain. His troops were closing in on the Allies in what was going to be an easy defeat. Nearly a quarter million British soldiers and over 100,000 Allied troops faced certain capture or death. And the Royal Navy 
was not able to handle the circumstances and could only save at most a very small fraction of this number. But a bizarre fleet of ships soon appeared on the horizon in the English Channel. Trawlers, tugs, fishing boats, lifeboats, sailboats, pleasure craft, an island ferry named Gracie Fields, even the America's Cup Challenger Endeavor, all manned by civilian sailors, sped to the rescue. The photograph is of the rescue taking place. In what is referred to as the miracle of Dunkirk, this ragtag armada of over 800 boats eventually rescued, are you ready for this? I mean, look at the size of those boats. Eventually rescued 338,226 soldiers and returned them safely to the shores of England. All as pilots of the Royal Air Force jockeyed with the German Luftwaffe in the skies above the channel. It was one of the most remarkable oper naval operations in history. And for those few days, these sailors, these fishermen, these small boat captains, and their boats, they were more than just trawlers. They were more than just fishing boats. And they put up with all sights of risk and dangers and challenges, all because they had a purpose, all because they were part of a bigger plan to save the lives of over 300 soldiers. My friends, as we continue to consider CLC under construction, here is our simple takeaway for today. The gospel of Jesus Christ not only gives us life, it also gives us purpose and meaning in life. It makes us part of something bigger, much bigger. Namely, God's great plan of salvation for the world. The Apostle Paul in his letter to young Timothy in Ephesus writes, God our Savior wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. My friends, this is what allowed the Apostle Paul to see life and everything that he was going, even some of the pain and suffering, and he endured it gladly with this new set of eyes. This is the perspective that he not only wanted for the Ephesians, but it is also the perspective that God wants for you and I to have. Instead of seeing ourselves as a teacher working for the Board of Education, we can see our as a teacher of Jesus Christ. When we suffer and go through difficult times, even our suffering has a purpose as those around us watch us as we work through those times in the fear and trust of Almighty God. When we serve God in whatever role that may be, we can see ministry as a gift from God rather than as an obligation or a duty we must perform. And it will cause us to marvel at how God chooses even us to have an eternal impact on the lives of others. My dear friends, whatever you might be facing today, whatever 
lies down the road for each of us in our lives. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are already part of something much bigger than yourself. And it is the kind of thing that can not only give you confidence and hope, but even purpose and meaning regardless of what you may be facing. And if you're not yet a follower of Christ, then the good news is that the gospel is also about taking people like you and making you part of something much bigger. The kind of thing that can give a prisoner, a cancer sufferer, a heart patient, a divorcee, a mourner, a doubter, an addict, a struggler, a sinner, confidence and hope, purpose and meaning. So my prayer is for each of us today is that each of us would be able to join with the Apostle Paul and that last blank on your notes for you to be able to put your own name down there and to be able to say with Paul, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. God grant that to each of us for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen.